Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of today's episode is, What's That on Your Face? Nose, Notes and News About Noses. <laughs> so, John, we're going to be talking about noses. You, I love it when you throw a lot of alliteration into the subtitle. <laughs> it, always, that's, it adds, I know the show's going to be extra good. I think that's, a, I just naturally go, I think there's some sort of uh, mental thing with me, some OCD or something. I just become fixated with, uh, with having alliteration in there. But it's yes. notes and news about noses. And obviously, good actor warm up. Yeah, yeah, I blew it when I was saying it when I started because I <laughs> should have prepared. Um, and it's just you know, just noses the the other body part that people stress about because of its size and <laughs> because of its size and length. I think it's so. really <laughs> weird if you think about it. You've yeah. got this way of interacting with the universe through this weird thing on your face. Yeah, that senses the uh, reality right. through breathing and sniffing. Yeah, yeah. it's so bizarre. It's, it's your snorkel. Our, it's your it's snorkel. Just, yeah, it's your snorkel. <laughs> You're so strange. Uh, so before we begin, just a few questions, just to to get it out there. Um, do you like your nose? Me? <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I know yeah. you. You're in the entertainment business. I don't know if you've ever thought yeah. about having some work done on it or you <laughs> No, I'm pretty good with my, you know, I'm I'm pretty good with my uh uh, uh body, you know. I yeah. don't really I I I know it, I can only go so far with it. You know, so yeah. uh yeah. you know, it's not I'm not going to be able to take this thing anywhere. You know? <laughs> if you get so a I'm new... just happy, I'm happy with what I have. Yeah, yeah. Never thought about. Never crossed your mind. Like, never little, little tip. No, no, never. No. Uh -uh. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, where do you get your nose? Is your nose? Is that a leer nose or is that a? Uh... Yeah, this is totally a leer nose. <laughs> it's 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 big. It's perfect. It's it's the perfect size unless you go full on. You know, alcoholic, and then it which only has. And then it gets really big. We're, you know, we're Irish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, my family is very Irish. Uh, in fact, yeah. uh, this, you might find this interesting. I just was speaking with my cousin um, at the, uh, at the chief, when I saw the chiefs in Las Vegas, right. he right. happened to be there. And so we saw him the night before and he had done a, one of those genetic tests. Turns out, I'm almost all Irish, and yeah, but Lear is a German. Yeah, name. you mentioned that. You mentioned he, that. Oh, I, I did. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He thinks that they just changed it to not be Irish right. when we were, you know, coming off the boat. <laughs> okay. Well, it worked. Whatever it is, it's worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> uh, the second question, uh, and this is a little personal. Oh boy! Uh, so if you don't want to answer it, feel free not to answer. I, it. I will say right now that I'm uncomfortable answering it. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay, all right. Do you uh, do you pick your nose? Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask something personal, like about my feet or something. I don't know. No, yeah. hell yeah. Oh my God, yes. Do you I pick never... it a lot? Do you pick it a lot? No, only when something's up in there that needs to come out. But you know, no, I'm not a big nose picker, but I am a. I blow my nose every morning. Yeah. And, but you know what I never do is, cl is clogging off one nostril and then blowing it onto the street. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Awesome. Oh, when you see people do that, it's just horrid. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wrong. Everybody that's, that should be illegal. That should be, you should be put in jail for that. I always thought that that was like a European thing or something. Yeah. Maybe it's all cultural for me that like, I just, no, I think right. <laughs> I live in a in a a big uh, 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 Armenian neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it is a more European kind of thing. I don't know. I guess you don't have to carry, don't have to wash handkerchiefs. That's for sure. I, I guess, <laughs> but then we all have to look at it. That's the problem I have. Uh, 
so, you know, I just want to say this topic, this episode, we're going to just sort of, we're just going to wrap about the nose. Just see okay. what's what's come up in, in anthropological nose uh, research over the last few years. And I know in a prior episode, we talked about smell and about how we interpret smells in the brain. And, you know, if you, to use a bad analogy, if smelling and interpreting smells are our software for smelling, yes. then yes. today we're looking at the hardware. We're looking at the actual nose itself. Excellent. The ex- oh, my God. <laughs> the external <Good>. nose. <laughs> yeah. You're going into the equipment. Right, right. Like if this were a show on computers, we'd be talking about the mouse. Right. right, now. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's where we're going with this. Okay, good. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right up front, um, researching this episode, the more I read, I read a bunch of books about noses, a bunch of articles about picking your nose. And the more I read, the more I had the urge to pick my nose. Yeah, it makes and- you just thinking about it. Right. Yeah, that's like anything. That's like, uh, oh, I, I, it's there are mosquitoes out, and you start getting bit before you start getting bit. You know? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And it, and it was odd because when we did our episode on hair, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like touching my hair, and obviously when I we did our episode on masturbation, <laughs> I didn't feel like that touching God, myself. That yeah. would be a call to HR right there <laughs> for your partner. <laughs> We do have an HR department. There's only two of us, but we do have an HR department. Forms would be filed. (laughs) But there was something about the note. And right now I'm thinking about, I want to, I see a a Kleenex over on my my desk here. I want to blow my nose right now. Well, go ahead. It's okay. No, no, no. No, I could cut it (laughs) out of the, out of the YouTube feed. By the way, if you haven't uh, signed up for our Facebook page or our Instagram, you got to do it because Professor McRae is posting some really, really amazing stuff, including a comparison between Don Knotts of uh, the Andy Griffith show and Mussolini, uh, the <laughs> strongman fascist yeah. of yeah, Italy. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Comparisons. Jesus. Contrast and compare. That's the, It's the amazing. It really is. Uh, but anyway, if you see me start to go, I mean, a Kleenex is one thing. You'll probably see the Kleenex. But if you see a finger start, <laughs> start to inch up towards my nose during this, please, please let me know. Okay. Please sig- signal me somehow. I'll signal you, but it's okay. You just do what you got to do up there, and I'll cut it out of the YouTube. <laughs> Nobody will have you to promise? see it. You yes. Promise? Yes. <laughs> There's something that people love posting, uh, not that we're, you're a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. But, Slum, but people, I'm a Q-level celebrity. <laughs> people would still probably post a picture of you uh, picking your nose online somewhere. People what? love posting. People love posting. Oh, uh, <laughs> celebrities picking, know, their nose picking their nose. <laughs> yeah. God, we're weird, aren't we? What's yeah. wrong with us? <laughs> But I will say, if you're in your car right now listening to this, and the more we talk about it, and the more you listen to it, and you feel like, you, you know, taking care of some business, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, please feel free to to have at it. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what the, the the purpose of being in a car is all about. I think it's yeah, it's reminding you that hey, maybe you should check for boogers up there and get your <laughs> phone properly. Yeah. It, it's, I was thinking that maybe that's the, the entire reason or like a, another reason for inventing the car was just to have a box where we could go somewhere and pick our, pick our noses. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to think about where they put the booger after they, right. you know, grew right. it out. That part you don't want. I had an uncle who uh, like tore a ligament in his finger or a tendon in his finger by trying to flick a booger out of his car one time, out of his car what? window. Jesus. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so it can be dangerous. It can wow. be dangerous. Uh, and you remember there was an episode of Seinfeld years ago where Seinfeld, Jerry's like sitting in his car at a stoplight and he goes to scratch the right side of his nostril or his right nostril, like the right side of his nose. Yeah. And and a woman he's dating pulls up in the at the light next to him in a cab. 
And she yes. looks over and from his from her perspective, it looks like his finger is like way up his nose. Oh, I didn't <laughs> see that one. How no, is it possible really? I haven't seen that one? I know. And that became the whole episode. And uh, I'll try to post it. I'll try to find it online. But it was very okay. funny. I don't know. Do you, um, is Seinfeld still hold up? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, I don't think so. No, not I, really. I mean, yeah. it, if you give it, if you squint, I think it can. But I don't know. There's like. It, it, there's a lot of sexism there. There's also the clothing, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the 80s. Oh, my God. It's just like I can't get past the the shoulder pads. But yeah, there is lots of, I mean, those are well-written shows for oh, sure. Oh, they're great. Yeah, really well-written. But I was just wondering, you never hear people talking about science. And, and I only thought of that when I went to find that clip. Yeah. And the clip was in 92. So it's been like over, it's been 32 years since that, Jesus. that clip came out. But yeah. So see, the, nobody's interested in what happened then anymore. <laughs> but but Friends is still they still Friends is still that popular. was an odd outlier. That was just yeah. a weird thing that caught fire. And thank yeah. God I did one episode because the checks. <laughs> oh really? Uh, so anyway, let's get down to business. Uh, the yeah. matter at hand, so to speak, uh, noses. So the first thing we need to talk about, John, is. The, the purpose of the nose. Mm, okay. And obviously we breathe through the nose like we talked about already. Um, you know, we, yes. we talked about it's the snorkel. But I would say, too, if if we were uh, tires, to use another analogy, if we were tires, our nose would be the valve stem <laughs> going into our tire. Whoa. And yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Should we pause for that and just let people think about that for a while? Yeah. Let it sink in. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of right. good analogies today or bad analogies, but I got a lot of analogies. Uh, but the nose also performs other important functions for humans. And the first of all, it protects us from dust, allergens, and viruses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's the main purpose. That's what boogers are, right? It's the way to trap... <laughs> Some of the stuff we don't want to be pulling into our lungs. Right, exactly. Uh, in her book, uh, The Nose, A Profile of Sex, Beauty, and Survival, Gabrielle Glazer says that the mucous membrane produces a pint and a quarter of mucus a day, <laughs> which is flushed out of the, of the sinuses uh, by, by thousands of tiny cilia or hair-like filaments. A pint a day? A pint a day. And then That's it's so much boogered. <laughs> I'm thinking like a pint glass, you know, when you go to right. Europe and you drink a pint of Guinness. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Where is it well, all? Well, some of it dries, like you said, because of it's it's a booger. Mm -hmm. And right. you know, one of the reasons uh I, I also read a book called Why You Shouldn't Eat Your Boogers. Uh, mm. by Francesca Gould. And she says that, you know, the reason why mucus is sticky is that it's trying to catch all those, all that pollen and stuff. That's a reason yeah. why it has to be sticky. Right, right. I get that. It's like a fly trap, like one of those fly right. trap, those tape fly traps you put in your kitchen. <laughs> right, right. Or a mouse. If you've ever used the, the strip oh. mouse trap, those oh, are awful. It's the worst. It's yeah. the worst because the yeah. thing's still alive. That's the worst, the worst. Right. Right. That just creates Boy, another problem. Really, yeah, I caught a really <laughs> smart rat in our kitchen years ago. He kept avoiding all of the traps and everything. And oh. I saw that he would come. I saw where he come out. So I put some of that sticky stuff there. Yeah, caught him the yeah. next day. Oh, it was so horrible. Horrible. Yeah. But I got What'd you him. have to do with him? What'd you have to do? I put him in a, all I could think to do was put him in a plastic grocery bag and tie it to yeah. really tight. Because I just yeah. don't, I, I know it's unfair, but I just didn't have the heart to. Yeah, to smash his head or something. So I just was there a, a plastic begrudging bag? respect like between two warriors? Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, we <laughs> had, so I had tried everything. I had tried gluing. Uh, I went on yeah. YouTube and uh, a, a guy. I clicked on a, a video where the guy says, "So you're having trouble catching your rat? This is a surefire way." And his idea was to hot glue. Maybe I talked about this hot glue because we did an episode on rats, but right, you hot right. glue a piece of dog food to the trigger of the trap so that oh, it pulls God. at it 
and it can't get it off, and then you got him every time. And he was right. It <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Who's, who's the, little... the dominant species now, huh? Yeah. Who's the dominant species now? You were smart enough to to invent the, the glue gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I also, you know, but coming back to Glazer, she says that most of that mucus that's produced will be taken down the back of the throat. Like you swallow a lot of that with the pollen and with the dirt and with the viruses and that goes into the stomach. And then that's where the stomach acid destroys that stuff. Jesus. Yeah. We're but, so amazing. The body yeah. is incredible. Right. It's pretty cool. And, but you also have the visible nose hairs. <laughs> Hopefully they're Especially- not too big. Well, as you become a man, for those younger listeners out there, uh, when you become an older man, hair starts growing in yeah. weird ass places. Yeah. Oh my God. I have had a nose hair that's strong enough to pull a pickup truck. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. We're out of my ear? What's happening with me? Do you have any of that? Yeah. On the ears are the, they'll grow oh, overnight. They'll grow I overnight. Know. <laughs> I had a little hair out my nose and I pulled on it one morning thinking yeah. it was, and it was a, a long one of my hair on the top of my head that I inhaled all night. Oh God. Out it was nose hair and it, I could feel it coming down <laughs> to my brain. Like it released the memories that I had never, it was the weirdest thing. How long had it been up there? That's what I, I don't know. know. It was when I had long hair when both of us did. And I just pulled that thing out. It was like, oh, and you have a repressed like, memory. Yeah. <laughs> repressed memory. Yeah. <laughs> I think, don't they do that? Like there's a certain, cult, like a certain type of yoga where they like stick a cloth up their nose or something to clean out their, their nostrils. I can't remember. And then you pull it out. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Don't God, quote me on that one. That's Don't wrong. Quote me on that. That's wrong. I gotta got look that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, the visible nose hairs are like our first line of defense for it. Yeah. And they'll usually take care of most of the big pollen, most of the uh the big the stuff. Big, yeah. Yeah. Like if you accidentally I, inhale your cat, your nose hair is gonna <laughs> stop that. Well, I remember when I was uh cleaning chimneys, like I yeah. would be blowing black snot out of my nose for a week after I'd worked. <laughs> so. That job probably took a good month and a half off your life. Yeah. I got the black lung, but <laughs> that was a tough gig. Yeah. Uh, but then, so, and usually we'll get, you know, take care of those when we sneeze. That's like, we'll take care of the big stuff when we sneeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other important thing that the nose does is it helps regulate the temperature and humidity of the air that's entering our body. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So just to give you a little background, there's a thing in physical anthropology, a, a, a rule, uh, that's called called the Thompson nose rule. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I'm so we're just now getting to that. I know, Dude, I know. I just, I'm I'm leading you up. I don't want to scare people off before we yeah. start getting too too complicated. Uh, but the Thompson, Arthur Thompson was an anatomist in England back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he noticed that certain ethnic groups, like Northern Europeans, that originated in colder, drier climates, tended to have longer, thinner noses. Hmm. And people who, ethnic groups that originated in wetter or more humid, hotter climates, for example, in Africa or near the equator across the world, Mm-hmm. Tended to have shorter, wider noses. Okay. okay. <laughs> so yes. Thompson wasn't really trying to explain anything. He was he was more just kind of putting it out there, like, "Hey, I've guys noticed." Ever noticed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thompson and and you remember when we talked about Darwin's theory of natural selection? And natural selection and evolution is basically a variation in species exists. Some variations by chance lead to increased advantages in certain environments. And those who survive are more likely to pass on these adaptations to their offspring. That's it's our win such a crazy theory to wrap your head around. <laughs> but the yeah. key thing that if you're like, wait, what? The key thing is to remember it's over vast, vast yeah. amounts of time. Yeah, That's the part that makes it, makes it feasible in my mind. 
Right. We're we talking can, about we millions, millions yeah. of years. We're not talking yeah. about like a few generations or something. Right. Um, and so if you look at Thompson's nose rule and you consider its correlation to climate, right, it would seem like there is some kind of natural selection going on there. Like, obviously, people in colder climates have longer fender noses. Somehow people, that helped a little right, bit. And gave them an advantage. Mm-hmm. And for the past hundred years, uh, you know, we had the Thompson nose rule that people would always think about, but we didn't really have any hard objective evidence kind of verifying or supporting the Thompson nose rule. It was just something right. that seemed like it was, you know, possible, but we didn't have the evidence. Okay. And, and it, there's no, there was no way to know if the width of the nose was actually due to natural selection or mm. if it was due to something called genetic drift. And what genetic I've heard this drift... Is, I, this is ringing a bell. I remember this is from it? my biology class or something. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, genetic maybe. drift. I remember if writing you, that down on a three-ring binder somewhere and underlining it twice, thinking this is going to be a quiz. Wow. Topic. Well... Pull a couple more nose hairs and maybe they come back to you. You could take yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a boost. It's like a little boost to you. Uh, like, uh, yeah, forget the, the ginkgo biloba. Or my or <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a superhero that when in, when in trouble pulls out a nose hair. <laughs> <laughs> Just like jazzes you up. Just yeah, you up. like my spidey sense. <laughs> Uh, so genetic drift basically are those are the traits that are caused just by chance, just by random fluctuations in a population's gene pool. Okay, and it so just, that's and it just like it just keeps coming back, but doesn't serve a purpose. Right, it exactly. Doesn't really help you. Like I guess red hair, or is that a totally different thing? That's a mutation, right? That's a mutation, but the thing is, the fact that it keeps coming back in certain populations is more a genetic drift. I see. As a as opposed to a natural selection, I think. I Got mean, it. it would be like most McCrays have big, round, bald heads and very blue eyes. <laughs> so I don't think that's. It certainly hasn't helped me in any environment. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly not in a business or entertainment environment. Well, you guys were miners, weren't you? That's what you kept yeah. telling me. You guys are mining. Well, maybe somehow yeah. it helps down there, but still, it's not enough time. So who knows why? Right. Right. Uh, but it's just the idea that, yeah, that comes back. It seems yeah. to express itself, but it's not really like everybody doing it or we're not evolving right. as a population to do that. Right. And in 2017, there was a study done by some scientists and anthropologists called Investiga- Investigating the Case of Human Nose Shape and Climate. What a way to spend our second nanosecond in existence, you know? I know, I know. You and I are spending it recording into computers, and those guys are doing it just studying a nose. (laughs) So crazy. I I think they said, uh, I read an interview with one of them, and he was saying like, hey, we, we just like to look at things that are different in different people. You know, so they were kind of doing it. Yeah, they were just picking something out like, why is that? Why is that? Yeah, and the the writer Brian Panko, who spoke to them and wrote an article about the research, said that what they did, what the researchers did, is they took 3D scans of the noses of 2,500 people, okay, uh, from the four different regions of the world, okay, and then they then compared that information with the participants' ancestry, okay, okay. So for first part, you look at <laughs> you look at their nose and get a scan of their noses inside and out. <clears throat> then you look at their ancestry. Okay. And a couple things I found interesting, because I went in and I found the actual study and read the actual oh, study. Of course you well. did. You're amazing. <laughs> but the researchers bring up some, some important facts for us to know when we're talking about noses. Okay. And they noted that, quote, inhaled, inhaled air reaches 90% of the required temperature and humidity levels before even reaching the nasopharynx, implicating the nasal cavity as the major conditioning apparatus in the respiratory tract. Damn. So it's like a little air conditioner heating unit in there. Right. Humidifier. 
that yeah. as the hair comes in, it all works to make it the right temperature, the right amount of water in it, so that when it yeah. hits the lungs, it serves us the best. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And and to think that it's doing that all in like an inch and a half or whatever however long your nose is, you know. It's crazy. Uh, the other thing they, they said, not only that's the right temperature getting into our lungs, but but by having the right temperature and right humidity, uh, it acts to maintain the proper functioning of the mucus ciliary apparatus. Okay, so what's that? That's where we were just talking about the mucus oh, and the, the mucus little hairs. Maker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So wow. it's keeping it sticky, keeping it producing what it needs to produce. So, so. maybe it pulls out the humid humidity <clears throat> from for our lungs, but keeps it around for our mucus. Right. right. My God. What amazing. <laughs> yeah. When you stick your finger up there, it just seems like an empty tube. But just think of everything that's that's going on in there. There's a lot. And all this beautiful design by, <laughs> uh, you know, Mother Nature and the universe and, and years and years and yeah. years, thousands of years. Yeah. And what do we do with it? Yeah. yeah we play video games. We play video games <laughs> and snort coke up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but the re- researchers further noticed that low humidity in the respiratory tract leads to impaired mucus ciliary function. And increases the risk of both upper and lower respiratory tract infections. Oh, I think yeah. I have a bit of that right now because I do. I'm, you? I was just telling you before the re- record that I uh, cough. I've been coughing. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's my mucus rolling down the back <laughs> right. of the throat much. Maybe that's. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that post nasal yeah. drip. You're feeling yes. that post nasal drip coming down your throat. I tried to prop myself up, <clears> but I can't sleep that way. You know. Yeah. Like I'm in a um, No. Do you want to lay down now? Do you want to get up on the couch? No, there? I'm all right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, though. I am tired. If you want to. I did not sleep well last night. <laughs> if you want to, go ahead and get Thank on you. the crawl up there. Lay down. Yeah, I have a loop a video that I post of me. Like, it looks like I'm listening to you and nodding my head, but really, I'm <laughs> yeah. asleep on the couch. I, I like that. And I, we should just get like a still photo of you that we pop up. really listening really listening with you uh so you know in other words it's important that you have the right temperature and you have the right uh the humidity for the stickiness to catch all that stuff wow and the other thing that the researchers noted was that the efficiency of the air conditioning process uh in the nose depends on the flow dynamics of the uh inspired or breathed in air, which in turn depend on the geometry geometry of the nasal cavity and inlets. Wow. So the structure of your nose, whatever your personal nose is, is influencing how that air is coming in and how it's being air conditioned, basically. Wow. It might, it might affect, because oxygen is everything. So it, if it affects the <clears throat> flow of oxygen, right. it could right. really affect our development. As, a, yeah. as an organism. Right. right? Yeah. And that's what they're looking at. Air. Wow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I, I always poo-pooed those oxygen bars. You know? <laughs> yeah. There was one on Sunset Boulevard in this weird round building where you could go in and order air and, yeah. s- and breathe it. I was always like, that just totally Are they still there? Up. Are they still no, doing that? It did not last long. But it was there for a little <laughs> I while. Why. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just something else to spend money on. I mean, yeah. you already have to spend money on water. No, it's like, yeah. why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not exactly. <clears throat> but Mark Shriver, one of the researchers, noted that the uh, narrower the nostrils or narrow nostrils seem to alter the airflow so that the mucus covered inside of the nose can humidify, humidify and warm the air more efficiently. Interesting. So, so what they found is like the actual area of the nostrils amongst people, humans around the world, the, the size of the nostrils are about the same. It's the shape of the nostrils that are different. Wow. And that, and that shape causes turbulence. I'm looking <laughs> at my no- nostrils right now. <laughs> yeah. It uh, causes turbulence in the air when it comes into your nose. And that turbulence uh, kind of helps warm that air inside your nose or cool. Wow. That air. 
And he compared it, Shriver compared it to a convection oven. So, <laughs> so it's like you have a convection oven on your face, you know? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Now, so again, people are like, wait a minute, we didn't evolve that. That's just, but you got to remember, it's millions of years. Right. And right. it's not like our bodies are inventing it. It just happens to be a trait that can right. express itself. And so it expresses itself more because it somehow helps us survive. Right. And and basically, the, the hypothesis went like this. The shape of your nostrils and the shape of the inside of your nose affects how well you condition the air entering your body in certain climates. That's the, wow. the important thing. It's just in yeah. certain climates. Yeah. Which then affects how well the mucus removes viruses and pathogens from your body. Wow. Which then affects how sick you become and therefore affects your overall survival rate in certain climates. Wow. <laughs> so really, we should have like a box that we all carry. Yeah with different little prosthetics that can fit over our nasal, our no, our, our noses, uh, you yeah, know, to yeah. change the shape of our nostrils. So like if I'm, <laughs> if I'm in Abu Dhabi, I put this on my nose, oh my you know, God. to make it this shape. If I'm in, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Brazil, I would do this. Yeah. And you just yeah. have these little things that you clip onto your nose, giving you the best flow of oxygen for that climate. Brilliant. Stop, gonna, stop. Don't throw that, that gold out there for free. Yeah. Don't steal that idea, you guys. <laughs> if I see that sometime, I'm gonna I'm gonna look back on who was listening to this podcast. I just what, what I'm, picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing what it what it would look like. To oh fit yeah. On your nose, yeah. like with a strap, maybe. So it's sort of like a clown nose with a yeah, strap yeah. that goes around, but with different nostril sizes. But you can you make just... them real trendy, like with flames on them or something. Yeah, or, you yeah, know, oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> Once it takes off, yeah. Nike, the Nike ones would have a yes. swoosh on the side oh of it. Oh my god! Yeah. And right, then we, we could, you know, we could update them constantly. That's how you make the money. That's <laughs> a, we learned that from Apple. Yeah, yeah. Constantly update them. Oh my I, god, I love it. That's money. What do we do in this? You're a gold mine. You're like I know. An, a genius. I'm, just, I'm on fire genius. today. Maybe it's the lack of air I got last night. You know, <laughs> coughing. Yeah, we did, that one. But that's a keeper. That's a keeper. That's a keeper. Uh, so what they found ultimately when they looked at all their data is the researchers found that um, basically the the shape of the nose. It was more prevalent, like looking at how long evolution takes, it was more prevalent than what would have happened just in simple genetic drift. I like see. it was, it was more the, in other words, it indicated that the, sh or definitely the width of the nose was definitely correlated with the climate, meaning that there was natural selection going on. And it couldn't be anything else other than climate. Like for instance, like, I don't know, like certain culture, certain cultures develop to where a certain type of nose is more attractive. And then you propagate the species because you like their nose. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Because it all <laughs> comes back to screwing. <laughs> right? Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. Look it's at you. I, I was just getting ready to get there. I was oh, just shit, getting ready I'm to so get there. Yeah. You're God. the guy. You are on fire today. I'm on fire. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I slept in a position where my nostrils were squeezed in such a way yeah, that it made yeah. me more creative today. Right. I mean, you, but that's exactly what people have said. Well, what about sexual selection? Meaning yes. what you're talking about, cultural influence, where we find certain cultural noses more attractive. Exactly what Whatever, you were saying. What kind of nose do you find most attractive? What has Mary got? Me? I, I don't know. I, to me, I, I, I just, I go for any nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, any nose it'll take you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. any nose that will, well, yeah, will talk back to me. <laughs> Let's be honest. If, if if we didn't have society to protect everybody, and it was yeah. still saber tooth ti tigers and giant sloths and yeah. everything, yeah, you, our gene pool would have been eliminated. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I would just go like lay out on a rock somewhere and die of sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> And that would be it. A very, uh, a very short branch. The first, first saber tooth tiger attack. I'd be 
what did you guys say? And I yeah. turn around and I'm dead. Yeah. What's coming? You're out there. You're trying to feed it. Like, look, yeah. <laughs> just, we have to he show does. him. Just be nice. Just be nice to him. No, I, I love the idea that it's coming up from behind me and I'm saying to the tribe, why are you guys running? Where's everybody going? <laughs> What's the old joke? It's like in a bear attack, you don't have to run faster than the bear, just faster than the person you're with. And that's true. That's absolutely true. That's a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so just so now we're moving on. We'll look at, well, how has all of this been? Uh, how does it manifest itself culturally or how has it been expressed culturally? And what's interesting is I found out that nose job, people have been doing doing nose jobs since like the 1500s. What? Yeah. Yeah. And they were originally done to fix noses that had been damaged in warfare or dueling. Uh, sometimes noses could be cut off as a sign of oh. punishment for adultery. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, god. But I think it's in uh, uh, "Our Flag Means Death." Like uh, his uh, Spanish Jackie has a, a jar, her nose jar. She always refers back to her nose jar where she. That character cuts people's noses off. Wow. Um, but yeah, they would actually do that. Uh, but really, one of the common things back in the, from like the 1500s through the 1800s was something called the syphilitic nose. Oh boy. Yeah. And what it was is syphilis was very common back at that time. Oh my and, God. And syphilis will attack the soft tissues in the nose. Me. And, and how do you get it? You just get syphilis, and once you have syphilis, it, the the virus goes after that. Well, you somehow... get syphilis. Yeah, you get syphilis through sexual contact, and right. then. But is it oral contact that's caused co that causes <clears throat> the nose stuff, or does it just travel through your body once it's, it's inside you? Through your body, through wow. your body. Okay. And one of the manifestations of syphilis is it would attack the nose. That's and, so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That's it was so awful weird. reading about this. Uh, the other thing is it could be passed on. Syphilis can be passed on congenitally from an infected mother to her child. Yes. yes. And so it, during that time in Europe, uh, there were also children that were born and had syphilitic noses. Oh, man. <clears throat> and I don't I guess. What did it look like? Just tell us. Oh well, it sometimes it would just eat the tip of the nose. Sometimes oh. it would, uh, like the bridge of the nose would collapse. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. And sometimes, uh, it, it, you would basically the entire nose would be destroyed. So you would have oh. a no, just a hole in the middle of a face. Oh so, God, yeah. that's yeah. horrid. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, it was horrible reading about it. And actually in his book, Making the Body Beautiful, A Cultural History of uh, Aesthetic Surgery, Sander Gilman, who's a plastic surgeon in New York, uh, has written a bunch of books about, you know, the, the body and, and body image and body modification. And we'll come back to it at some point. Not but he says that just do work on noses. He's got to <laughs> go home and write about it. Okay, I know. So he's written that. Jesus. Yeah, we should have him on sometime. Yeah. It's fascinating. He's written wow. tons of books. But what he says is there's even some people who interpret it. Remember in uh, Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. And how they describe his nose and his disfiguration. Yes. Uh, they describe that as like maybe that was uh, who is a Gaston, who is a Gaston LaRue or someone who wrote, yes. wrote the novel. And it, they're saying that. Possibly that description of his nose is a syphilitic nose that they oh, were describing. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah. And if you think about like Lon Chaney, how Lon Chaney's uh, Phantom of the Opera, that's basically what we're talking about with a syphilitic nose. I see. God. And, and the bad thing about it is you can't hide. You, the, the nose is right out there in front. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't hide that. Nope. It's not and, like your muffin top. <laughs> you're a sweater. Right. Or putting a hat on for your baldness or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so visible. And so there was a shame about having the syphilitic nose. Mm -hmm. And even when people would try to put on a mask and wear a mask all the time, 
people, you know, would put two and two together and be like, or even if you were wearing a mask for some other reason, they would think, oh, he's, he's it's syphilis. It's syphilis. Yeah. Jesus. That's horrible. And, and, and again, it, in 1775, Glazer states that there was a, a Swiss theologian named Johann Caspar Lavater <laughs> who published a book called Essays on Physiognomy Designed to Promote the Knowledge and the Love of Mankind. Okay. And, I like that title. Yeah. But unfortunately, Lavater was saying, like, you can look at someone's face and tell what their moral character was. Okay, here we go. Here okay. we go. What's that called when you when you look at take measurements of the face and uh, and well, this record- was a phrenology. Phrenology. That's what I. And meant. I think that's in uh, Quick Draw, you guys included yes, phrenology we did. in there. <laughs> well, there was. I think you were the one who inspired it because you yeah. had said that uh, there was a, a period in the Wild West where before they discovered fingerprints that they thought that everybody's ear was slightly different. Yeah, yeah. And so you would have the, they would draw the ears of the outlaws that they're looking for. <laughs> yeah. And that's supposed to help you identify them. That was high science at one time. That was high Jesus, science. That's incredible. Where you take the measurements of their head, and like everybody's head's different sized, you know, and then, right. you know, who knows how many people were, were hanged or imprisoned oh, because God. of the head measurements. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, physiognomy is different from phrenology kind of looks at like the, the shape of the skull, but mm. uh, physiognomy would look at the face itself. Uh-huh. And, and the idea was that, um, again, you would see the inner person by looking at their face, which just right. seems absurd to me right now. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it wasn't anything new. Glazer says, you know, it goes back to the Roman poet Ovid, who said that the truth of a man lies in his nose. Wow. So just the shape of your uh, nose would tell what tells, you're... Tells him everything you know. He needs to know. <laughs> right, right. Wow. And, and he said it only took a few seconds for him to sum up what a person was like. Oh, what an face. ass that guy was. <laughs> I know, I What's know. his name again? <laughs> Lavater. Johan Lavater. Great name. Uh, great title of a book. <laughs> but, but, but it's like once you start reading it. Oh, here comes Lavater. Yeah. Oh, look at our noses and tell me what an <laughs> asshole I am. <laughs> Look away, look away. God, I hate face. it when he shows up to parties. <laughs> yeah, just shaking oh, his head the whole Lavender night. Lavender knows everything. <laughs> what a, uh, you know, tough guy to hang out with. I know, sure. I know. And so anyway, but it was this, this shame. And so what people started doing is there was a surgeon in Bologna, Italy, named Gaspare Tagliacozzi, who he started doing nose surgeries to repair these syphilitic noses. How? What do you do? Uh, you cut you cut it off and then you what? You take some skin from the butt and sew it on? He would take skin from the arm, actually, at the time. <laughs> but what? he would take skin from the arm and then put like a little uh, mold on the inside where the nose usually goes and then kind of put, sew that flap of skin from the oh, arm onto the face. <laughs> wow. So, With yeah. a thing underneath it, like a piece of wood or something right, underneath it. Right, right, right. Oh, God. So, but, and the thing is, he, uh, again, this was like high science. He was trying to do it to give people a way to go back out in public Mm -hmm. and escape the shame of the syphilitic nose. But of course it, it left like terrible scars. Like people could still tell that why you had had that surgery. You know what I mean? He's in his point is, it's like, Hey, better than before. (laughs) It's kind of like a win-win situation. Yeah. I mean, Listen, uh, patient, don't complain. We all have to look at you. And we're all right. saying this is better than what you had before. Right, right. exactly. Uh, and then, you know, Tayakotsi, the Catholic Church got wind of it and they excommunicated him because they what? said he was like like fooling around with, with God's work, you know, no, by God, really. trying to go in. And yeah. uh, and they say that eventually his process uh it fell out of favor because it, <laughs> as, as advanced as it was at the time, the noses would still freeze in cold weather. Oh. And, and if you sneezed really hard, sometimes the nose would come off. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I'm laughing out of nervousness, by the way. Don't think I'm laughing. <laughs> this is like, because uh, yeah. it was awful reading about it. You know, I had a lot yeah, of sympathy with the people. 
Oh, God. I think there was, remember the movie Kapaloo? It was a Western. Did you ever see that one with Lee Marvin, no. Jane Fonda? Uh, Lee Marvin plays two roles in it, but one is a, uh, he plays a character who is a gunfighter who had his nose shot off in a fight and wears like a, a metal nose strapped around his head. Oh, wait, I think I have seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's it's that character giver. from um, the Mad Max movie, uh, <clears throat> the one that just came, the most recent one, where there's a guy who has a metal nose. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that Mad Max one with? Uh, I Shirley haven't seen Ford? that one. Oh my yeah. god, I loved it. Every people really got mixed reviews, but I was just like blown away by the just the the video, the you know the the optics, which is incredible. Yeah. We incredible. should do. A, a, a episode on apocalypse apocalypses. That is an excellent idea. <clears throat> yeah, I wrote that one down. Oh, good. Uh, along with your your nose box. <laughs> your nose yeah, box listen, don't there. steal that, people. That's good. Let's call it a nose box. I like that. The nose box. Yeah. Oh, I love your Ooh. nose box. <laughs> people Thank have you. A, people. Thank you. <laughs> Look yeah. at him. He's a, so arrogant, just flaunting that. Four thousand dollar nose box. Or something. Yeah, Maybe boy, like, he's breathing good yeah. right now. Yeah, the turbulence to, in his sinuses are doing some real good work. Yeah, we have to like. Yeah, it's going to be like trying to come up with a USB port or something that people have to buy, like a plug to go with it. Yes, that's how you make the yeah. money. Then we change yeah. the port every time, and you've got. Oh, you want the new news? Yeah. You got to get new nose box. You got to get the new cord. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, enough of that. God, people that okay, listening. stop it! Don't steal it. <laughs> Uh, and then in 1854, there was a guy named George Jabet who wrote a book called Notes on Noses. <laughs> He's after your own heart. I know. I know. That's yeah. the reason why I came back to it. And Jabet described the different types of noses and the character that each nose implied. Oh, okay. Again, what a dickhead yeah. at a dinner party. <laughs> you know, here he comes. He knows everything. Yeah. Oh. Get ready. You Jesus. didn't invite George, did you? Yeah. Oh, oh man. So he has like the Roman or aquiline nose indicated great decision, considerable energy, firmness, and absence of refinement. So Wait, you were was powerful. He, was he Italian? <laughs> no, he, I think he must have been uh, French. Or, his, George Jabet. Oh, but right. It was published in London, I think. So I don't know okay. where. Maybe originally yeah. he was. Uh, there, then there was the Greek or straight nose, had refinement of character, love for fine arts. Uh, he said this was the highest and most beautiful form uh, oh. uh, the organ can can assume. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he had like the Jewish nose, of course, because yes, of, course of course they're going to talk about the Jewish always nose. Always anti-Semitic. It all yeah. flows in. Let me guess. Yeah. It's not a great nose. It means you're what? <laughs> What do you think? It was shrewdness, shrewdness in worldly matters, uh, facility of turning that insight into profit. Of course. You know? <laughs> so, it always goes back to the money. The Jews I love know. the money. It's Which, just, you know, if you look at history, it's because it was money. Money changing was hmm. the only thing Jews were yeah. allowed to do. Yeah, they succeeded at that in spite of themselves. And then yeah. people got pissed off at them for that too. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's like, what, it's like, what else can we do? do? You know, we're, we have to live. You have to do something to live. And then he had the snub nose, which is oh. like the little tiny nose, which he said uh, actually represented natural weakness. Oh. So, so I again, agree. I think little yeah. nose is cute. Yeah, but but again, when they, it's like the basically it's the the wide nose that you would find in like like Africa or you know oh I see near near the equator. So it's kind of tying back to what we were talking about the evolution of the nose just being a natural thing, yeah. Uh, that just happens as an adaptation to a climate. But here you have people taking it and like applying that just the natural shape of your nose that you inherited to uh, somehow a moral judgment yeah. about you yourself, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, that's the shadow side of anthropology, <clears throat> isn't it? Right. Right. It's like when it's misused. And, uh, and it is kind of interesting that in the book, uh, because I read the, I went and picked up the book and found it online and you can read it. 
he goes right. through and lists examples of all the people with these different types of noses. And and it's just him kind of like just bashing bashing people or historical figure. And how can you argue? He's like, he's like it's not me. It's not me. It's yeah. their nose. It, yeah. That's just the way they are. You know, I'm I mean? just telling you the science. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he did talk about national noses, of course, like how each nation has a characteristic oh, nose. God. And he usually hated all non-Anglo-Saxon noses. Uh-huh. <laughs> of surprise, surprise. Uh, but Glazer even notes, and, and I went and checked it in the book, he especially, though, hated the the new American nose. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. we were it, uncouth and spitting tobacco and shooting right. people. We haven't changed right. that much. Yeah. And he said the, the reason he hated it is he said, well, you know, the Americans, all they do, they, they turn their back on all the refinement that they had inherited, all the honor they had inherited from their English forebears. Mm. And then what they did is that all they did was think about uh, making money. Yeah. <laughs> or just All they were doing was trying to, uh, you know, trying to make a living, a profit. That's all the Americans yeah. were doing. Yes. And he yes. said, therefore, th- their noses demonstrated them to be an unthinking people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, it, he said their nose are, noses are thin and sharp. And as a national nose, the most unthinking of any of the Gothic stock. Wow. I know. I know. I kind of like when I look at my nose from the side, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of thin and sharp. I got the American nose. Yeah, the you have the nose. nose. I, got the I don't nose. know what I have. Mine's like bulbous. Yeah. It's not that I'll send out. I'll post that. Yes. And you can take a look at because he's got charts in that book where we can oh, take a look at. And great. See so you can figure out what you are. I love yeah. that. Uh, another thing that happened at the turn of the uh, 1900s where people started to think that like they started to attribute the nose to all kinds of medical problems. Hmm. So you had people would think that, well, if if a kid had like swollen adenoids and was breathing through his his mouth. Right. Then obviously that was a sign of low IQ. Because oh it just my like God. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Jesus. instead of just recognizing it, that it was, Hey, this is just somebody with swollen adenoids and, and has trouble breathing through their nose. They attributed like a, an intelligence factor to that as well. Jesus. And I then hate, the other- I hate not being able to breathe <laughs> through my nose. I hate yeah. that. If I have a yeah. cold, I'm just miserable. I hate it. Yeah, you could tell how for people who have chronic sinusitis or chronic rhinitis, it affects your life, I think. I think yeah. it really, um, you have trouble. Everybody's like, ah, it's just a stuffed up nose. But it's like, no, you have trouble sleeping, which begins yep. to affect your concentration. Yep. You have trouble concentrating, all of that. I can't stuff. take it at all. I go right yeah. to the Afrin, then I get addicted to it. Yeah. Then, it, then I have to pull, take myself off the Afrin. Because, you know, Afrin will, after a while, Afrin will create a clogged nose. So Ugh. you still need this, you know, yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. then I have to wean myself off. And right when I wean myself off, the next cold comes in and it starts all yeah. over again. You mentioned before uh, doing a lot of blow back in the 80s. Sure uh, did. Do Did you have problems with your nose when you were doing that or did you? Uh, well, I have trouble smelling things. I have yeah. trouble smelling things, uh, and I, I don't know if it's because of all the smoking and coke that I did or what, yeah. but I, yeah. I do not have a good sense of smell, or and my hearing's going, so uh, really? from all the loud music I think that I listen to, yeah, yeah. my family yeah. tells me. So I'm, you know, I've got three of the senses working, <laughs> but two of them are in trouble. Yeah, with it. just touch. As long as yeah. you just touch. I got touch, touch and I got eyesight as long as I wear my glasses. Now that I think <laughs> about it, I'm not doing too well in the sense <laughs> category. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that was kind of crazy at the end of the 1800s was uh, saying that the nose, like symptoms in the nose demonstrated sexual problems. Oh, boy. And there was a guy named, a doctor in Berlin named Wilhelm Fleiss. Oh, Wilhelm. Who published a book in 1897 titled The Relationship Between the Nose and a Woman's Genitalia. What? Yeah. 
Um, obviously, Fleece was a friend of Sigmund Freud's. I mean, oh, they corresponded boy. with letters. They both oh. they both did a bunch of coke together. You know, they were both like doing coke. Um, and Wilhelm, pass me and, the line, pass yeah, me the mirror, yeah. Wilhelm. And when it came to hysteria, women's quote unquote hysteria at the mm, time, yeah, Fleece believed that the only surgery that would relieve it was was nasal surgery. What? Yeah, God, the yeah. Thing they did to women. I know Jesus. it's it's crazy, and and so it, and there's a horrible story about like all kinds of nasal surgeries being done on one of Freud's patients, who was a woman who was depressed. Oh, and Fleece Fleece just kept going in and and like doing surgery on her nose and removing oh. her nasal nasal oh, bones, and God. yeah, it's really hot, hey. uh, horrible. But but anyway, Glazer notes that in a letter to Freud, Fleece wrote, women who masturbate are generally dysmenorrheal, meaning they have, you know, uh, difficult periods, basically. Mm-hmm. And he says they can only be finally cured through an operation on the nose Jesus. if they truly give up the bad practice. Jesus. So, yeah. God. Just cuckoo, cuckoo-ness having oh. to do with the nose. Uh, the if other thing were, that ha- humor yeah. to think that you figured it out is so yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's really awful. Like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how how we people made it, how women made it, basically, because yeah. it was just like uh, another thing that they did is people began to fixate on their noses as a sign of uh, their racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So in the late 1800s, early 1900s, different people from different ethnic groups who were minorities, for example, or stereotyped uh, groups would have plastic surgery to try to fit in right, or to try to pass in the dominant culture. And again, to me, looking back on it, you're like, you know, why was that even a, a thing? Why did people have to worry about how they looked? Um but again, you know, you you read the uh, literature about plastic surgery, and it, it, you don't know how how it affects people or what mm-hmm. what people people make their own choices when it when it comes to plastic surgery. But but that's where you know the time when you had like Jews in Germany trying to have uh, nose jobs to look less Jewish. Yeah, uh, you had African Americans in America trying to have nose jobs to look at less African American. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something, even you had, uh, there was something called the Irish nose or the pug nose. And again, a lot of surgeries were done at that time in America to, to, to take away the pug nose or the Irish nose and try to make them look more, more American, basically. Mm-hmm. More, uh, and, more uh, Anglo-Saxon American. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, uh, there's a guy, Sander Gilman, who we talked about before, you know, he talks about that there was a real fear in like the dominant culture that uh, minorities or other people were having these surgeries done to pass. So right. like the dominant culture got scared, like, oh, now we can't tell who anybody is anymore. Yes. We can't tell their moral character because of yes. it. Yes. And uh, isn't that screwed up? Screwed up. <laughs> screwed up. Oh, <laughs> God, you just put it on the list of terrible things we've done to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So John, just quickly now, just to wrap up, we'll, we'll start getting a little more personal about picking the nose. Yes. Uh, picking the nose has been around like probably for, since we've always been here as humans. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You got a finger uh, that fits perfectly up there. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely, there was a, you know, the, the kind of the social faux pas of picking your nose has been around for at least 500 years. There was a book that came out in the 1500s that told people not to, uh, not to pick their noses. <laughs> it was a manners book at the time. Um, and then it's, it's like, uh, there's been research done or surveys done about people picking their noses and, <laughs> and, and like trying to, there were some researchers who sent a survey back in 1995 to a bunch of people in Dane County, Wisconsin. Okay. And it why Dane County, Wisconsin, I don't know. That's just where the University of Wisconsin is. Maybe that's why right. they did it. I don't think Dane County is known for 
necessarily known for people picking their noses. <laughs> but What's anyway, the they town sit- that uh, Milwaukee, right? That's where the uh, is it Milwaukee where the Madison, oh. Madison, Madison, Madison. That's yeah. a good. That's a fun place to go, Madison. Yeah, it, yeah. I've had had some good times up there. <laughs> but anyway, they sent the the survey out to 254 people. 91 percent of their respondents uh, confessed to picking their noses while only 1.2% admitted to picking their noses at least once each hour. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. The problem is, I, I guess they, they sent it out to more people, but only 254 people responded. Okay, that seems not, not great. No, those aren't great numbers. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is too, like if you got that survey in the mail, like what would you do? Like if somebody's I, like, I, "Hey, how often do you pick your nose?" Like, I'd be like, "Get what? out of here! What are you talking about? You leave me alone." Uh, the other thing that uh, there was a study in India who they tried to just give it out to a bunch of students who had to respond to the survey, and what they found was kind of the same thing that uh, yeah, a lot of people are are picking their noses. And what was interesting, a lot of people just said, well, I do it because it feels good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's nothing, um, the term for, yeah, yeah. It just feels good. It just feels yeah. good. I don't know. There, you know, I was thinking about, there was nothing worse than being in high school and you drop your pencil and you have to go look under the desk to get your pencil or something. Oh, God. <laughs> All the boogers and the gum. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There's a theater in uh, Seattle, that uh, a comedy theater that I've performed at, where yeah. the 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 it, you enter underneath this, it's kind of like a cave-like uh, tunnel you enter, yeah. and people have started to put somehow started to put their chewed gum up, and now oh. it's coated, coated oh. with chewed oh. gum. Oh, it's so gross! Yeah, yeah, that's the same yeah. with boogers. I feel like people who just like oh. you find you just like running your hand down a railing or something, and you oh, get something kind of <laughs> no, we're so gross. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's. I was thinking about there's nothing worse than finding just a Kleenex out on your out on your front lawn or something yes. and you have to pick that Kleenex up. Uh, you know? uh, oh, because you rather don't pick know. Up a mask there's something or, in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's uh, where we live. We live on a cul-de-sac, and the wind always blows a bunch of trash up here. So I'm picking up a lot of trash all the time because oh, um, it gets caught in the cactuses and stuff. And there's something about, like, a Kleenex is just like, there's a part of the person still in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so, yeah, you do not. It's just awful. You don't know what's been wiped on that Kleenex. Lots yeah, of things. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, uh, finally, John, as we wrap up, just a real quick note. I came across an article on pe- nose flutes. And what? there used to be flutes, uh, and maybe they're still out there. This was talking about, in Malaysia, people who would play the flute with their nose. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, this is ringing a bell for me. I think I've seen some of that. Really? Yeah. 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 It, it's like a little, it's not like long, right? It's like a thing that. It's off it's, to the side, like uh-huh. like up against the nostril there. And, uh-huh. then, you, <laughs> and then you play it off to the side. Yeah. And I they mean, say the reason. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. No, I, would, I, I was going to say, they say the reason is, is that the mouth was for eating and the nose was for breathing. And there's also this spiritual idea of like spirits coming to your body or the divine coming to your body through the nose. Therefore, if you're playing a, a flute in a religious ceremony, I you should see. play it with your nose. That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know, you meditate, you breathe in. Many of yeah. the exercises yeah. are breathing through your nose, out through your mouth. Uh, yeah. So that, I, you know, the thing that blows me away about smell in general, the nose in general, mm-hmm. is that... We we are just interpreting our environment through right. this thing that we call smell. But really yeah. what it is is that different things, some things, give off, uh, release certain different molecules. Right. And we right. inhale that molecule and it hits a receptor. Yeah. And then we call that smell. But really it's just a molecule that you're – it's just another way of – 
of, of interpreting the world, but it's not, whether it exists is only because of the way we interface with it. Right, right. Like smell doesn't exist in and of itself. Yeah. It's just, that's our way of interpreting, giving us more information about what's happening. Excellent. Professor Lear, I think you have summed up this <laughs> It's so <laughs> crazy. There is no reality. There is yeah. no reality. It's just <laughs> our way of interfacing with whatever this is. Yeah. So crazy. And, and like I say, I had that professor who used to always say, like, he would use The Matrix, the movie The Matrix, to talk about culture. Of, like, we have that... Uh, that culture is like the matrix. That's the the algorithm that's being run over it. That's interpreting everything that we're we're so saying, true. which is what you were saying. Wow. Well, this is human number two signing off. And this is human number one, John McRae. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it interesting, please tell a friend about it. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. And hopefully I'll figure out how to do Instagram sometime. That's my fault. And if and you try a, to get a nose center <laughs> trimmer too, that's our big lead, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And if yeah. you got a friend that's got some crazy hairs, tell them. Tell, tell, tell them. them about it. Tell them about it. Those things need to be inside. Don't don't go on the offense with them trying to find pollens. <laughs> the pollens will yeah. come to you, you know. <laughs> so, all right, everybody, we love you, John. Thanks for everything. Gazoon tight, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you. Thanks. Bye.